Let us join in our call to worship. Praise the Lord, how good it is to sing praises to our God. For God is gracious, and a song of praise is fitting. God heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. God determines the number of the stars and gives to each of them their names. Let us hope in God's steadfast love.
friends, one of the cornerstones of our Reformed tradition is an acknowledgement that all of us ultimately are imperfect, both as individuals but collectively as a church as well. But we confess this weekly in worship, not out of a sense of futility, but believing that God is always ready to forgive and renew us. And so we come asking for Christ's love to reshape our lives once more. So let us confess our sin together using the words of our printed prayer. Let us pray. Eternal and merciful God, you have loved us beyond our understanding and set us on paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Yet we have strayed from your way. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed through what we have done and what we have left undone. You showed us how to carry out your mission, yet still we insist on our own. You come to us, but we do not recognize you. You call, but we do not follow. You love us, but we do not love all our neighbors. Forgive us, we pray, and guide us once more that we might humbly and faithfully walk in your way. Amen. To all who turn from sin and sorrow, to all who turn to God in hope, this is God's word of grace that we are accepted, we are forgiven and we are loved. So while it is true that we have fallen short, God's love and mercy is yet a greater truth. So friends, believe the good news. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. When indeed loved and forgiven by God, we share a sign of Christ's peace with one another as a reminder that God continues to knit us together as a community of faith. In a few moments, I would invite anyone here in the sanctuary to turn and greet those seated around you with a sign of Christ's peace. And anyone who might be watching online right now, I would invite you to let us know that you are joining us, whether via the QR code that you will see on your screen or in the link that is just below it, letting us know if you have any questions or just to help us thank you for being here among us today. So friends, may the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all and also with you. So let us turn and pass the peace of Christ to our neighbors. here at Fourth Presbyterian Church on this Veterans Day weekend and this 24th Sunday after Pentecost. We do indeed lift up a word of gratitude to all veterans this weekend for those who have served, those who are currently serving, and for the families who support them. And so we do offer our sincere gratitude and thanks. And it's also a joy to have you worshiping among us today, whether this is your first time here or whether Fourth has been your church for decades. And we do hope that you will feel a sense of home and belonging here. And I also do want to offer a word of welcome to all our Sunday school students as they join us for the first half of worship on the second Sunday of each month. It's always such a joy to have their energy and curiosity among us. Now, if you are here in the sanctuary, I would invite you at this time to find and fill out the pew pads that you'll find at the end of each row both to let us know that you were here today, but also if there is anything that we as your church can reach out to you about in the days ahead. 
And as you look for ways to get connected, I highly encourage you to look through those final pages of your bulletin and to explore a few of the opportunities listed there, from upcoming seasonal concerts to classes and spiritual formation workshops, along with times of fellowship and a wide variety of ways in which we can engage with world mission and social justice work, from preparing holiday gift bags for meals ministry guests to welcoming refugees. And you also find a variety of other programs coming up from singing carols during the Mag Mile Lights Festival, as well as a interfaith Thanksgiving service, which will be hosted by Holy Name Cathedral at 6.30 on Tuesday, November 21st. And for those who are joining us online today, we also invite you to attend a long-range planning Zoom town hall today, which will be immediately following this service. And you can find that Zoom link both in the bulletin as well as on our website. And it's also a joy to have the Tano Kalama family in worship and in coffee hour today as we mark the one-year anniversary of their time in Chicago after a journey that took them originally from the Ivory Coast and Cameroon to a refugee camp in Algeria and now here to the United States. So Paul, Flora, Layla, and Nolan, we are so grateful to have you as part of our church family. And I also want to acknowledge uh, the welcome and support that Refugee One and our own refugee resettlement team on the World Mission and Social Justice Council have given to that family through a team of 20 volunteers. If you are interested in learning more about Refugee One or becoming a mentor to a new refugee family, we hope that you will stop by the World Mission and Social Justice Council table at coffee hour following worship. Finally, please know that after worship today, anyone who is wishing to pray with one of our church deacons is invited to a time of prayer immediately following this service, located in Stone Chapel, which you can find just to the right of the pulpit. Again, friends, welcome each of you to worship this day. Let us pray. Loving God, 
fountain of every blessing. Open us to your life-giving word and fill us with your Holy Spirit so that living water may flow through our hearts. A spring of hope for a thirsty world. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Our Psalter reading this morning is selections from Psalm 131. Listen now for God's word to us. O Lord, I am not proud. I have no haughty looks. I do not occupy myself with great matters or with things that are too hard for me. But I still my soul and make it quiet like a child upon its mother's breast. My soul is quieted within me. O Israel, wait upon the Lord from this time forth forevermore. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. continue to welcome forward any children who will be attending Sunday school this morning. Kids, it is always such a joy to have you back here in the sanctuary as we gather together as a wider church family. But for now, once we get sorted, obviously, we will be headed upstairs to your classrooms to open up our Bibles. And so blessings to all of you as you continue to learn and grow in your rooms. So teachers, I invite you when you're ready to go upstairs to your classrooms. Let me invite you to give ear now to our second reading, which is found in the 25th chapter of Matthew's Gospel. We'll be reading the first 13 verses. Listen now for God's word for us. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten young women took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flask of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight, there was a shout, look, here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those young women got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. 
the wise replied, no, there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet and the door was shut. Later, the other young women came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. One thing I have learned over the years is that faith requires patience. A kind of patience that is persistent. I think this is true, but I also admit I find it disappointing because I'm not always the most patient guy. Years ago, I was on a sabbatical from the church that I was serving. The chair of the personnel committee got it passed in the congregation. I said, how did it go? He said, I told him if you were good, you deserved it. And if you weren't, we deserved it. So just don't ask. So I, I took the time and I took a week to study at a seminary out of town. I flew in. I didn't have a car. The first morning I got up, I needed some coffee and the closest place I could find some coffee was a nearby McDonald's. So I went in, there was a guy standing at the counter and uh, the woman said, may I take your order? He said, give me just a minute. And I thought, okay, here we go. He said, I just can't decide. He said, I, I was going to get the pancakes, but that egg McMuffin looks good. Is your egg McMuffin good here? I thought, good, my Lord, it will kill you. I tried to make eye contact with the woman behind the counter. I just need some coffee. I, 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 need, I need coffee soon, actually. The man said, I'm thinking, and I was thinking, how can you not know what you want? They haven't changed the menu in 35 years. Just get the biscuit, man. And I started to walk out saying, I don't have time for this. I just need some coffee. And then I had to laugh at myself. I was on sabbatical. I, I didn't have an appointment for three months. I'm not always very patient, which is unfortunate because from time to time, faith requires patience. Jesus told a story about a wedding and the wedding didn't really go as planned. I don't think I'm talking out of school here to say that happens from time to time with all of the elaborate planning and oversight from all of the parties involved. Still, sometimes things can go awry at a wedding. I was doing a wedding in the circular church in Charleston, South Carolina. I was a guest officiant there. So the organist from the circular church pulled me aside at the rehearsal. He said, you just got to prepare yourself at this old, historic, architecturally interesting sanctuary. People will just walk in off the streets. You, this may relate to you. People will just walk in off the streets. He said, we've been in weddings and people come in and just start taking pictures of the sanctuary in the middle of the wedding. He said, you never know what's going to happen, so just prepare yourself for anything. I said, okay, okay. 
Well, the wedding was starting and the father of the bride was escorting his daughter down the aisle. She was beautiful, he was beaming. And when they reached the front, right there at the chancel in the circular church with the people of God gathered around, the pants of the father of the bride fell down (laughs) to the floor. He was standing there in the presence of God in the gathered community in powder blue boxer shorts, which did not coordinate with the bridesmaids' dresses, I might add. He was wearing, or at least had been wearing, a rented tux, and sometimes in those rental clothing, there's a little clip in the waistband, uh, just in case you need a little extra breathing room, you can grant yourself such. We were learning in that moment the importance of keeping that clip closed, because if you leave it open, your 36 can go to a 46 before you can say, I do. To to make matters worse, dad had had surgery on his knee and he could not bend down to retrieve his trousers, so he was just looking at me. (laughs) I wasn't real sure what to do in this moment. I had obviously skipped class the day we covered this in seminary, but my general practice is you don't grab a man's pants in church, and so I... I just sort of looked at him, and then I thought I would look at my friend, the organist. In that church, the organ was up in the balcony, and I looked up at the organist who had reminded me, be prepared for anything. And he looked in his mirror there to see, which had become a rearview mirror, if you follow me. He just sort of looked in his mirror, and this man who had told me to be prepared for everything was completely unprepared and trumpet voluntary. It didn't conclude, it just stopped as he fell off the organ bench laughing. Not everything goes as planned at a wedding. So it was with the wedding that Jesus tells us of. In that wedding, the groom's late. The the assumption behind the story is the groom has traveled has traveled to another village where his bride lives, and he goes to secure her and and then returns to his home village with his new bride, and these young women, sometimes called bridesmaids, they wait at the edge of the home village, and when the happy couple returns, they light their lamps and lead a procession uh, back to the groom's home where there is a celebration like no other. But this time, when the groom returns, uh, some of the young women had oil for their lamps, but others did not. Uh, The wise bridesmaids, as they are designated in the text, are also apparently stingy because when those who are lacking oil ask for some, the wise bridesmaids say, go shop for your own. Jesus says our lives are like this story. So to understand that, we've got to know what is this oil? It's a metaphor for something, but, but what exactly? Over the years, different students of the text had offered different explanations. Some said the oil is love. Some, I like that. Some said the oil is faith. I, I think that's good Two, one thing I've learned, though, is that faith can't survive without patience, a particular kind of patience, actually, a persistent 
patience. Why do I say that? To call the oilless bridesmaids foolish is a bit misleading. It sounds like they aren't good planners, like they're a bit absent-minded, like they got there and said, you're not going to believe this, but I left my oil on the breakfast room table. Samantha, can I borrow some of yours? No, if I understand the text, these so-called foolish ones, they're not absent-minded. They've just run out of patience. The reason they did not bring any oil is because they reached the point where they didn't think they would need any oil. Why? Because the groom was late, really late. Late enough that they began to lose trust that he was coming at all. They spent all this time living toward a day when a promised love would come. They spent their lives living toward a promise that now seemed unreliable. And if the bridegroom is not going to return, then you're not going to need any oil because there's nothing to celebrate. You only need to carry oil if someday, some long-awaited promised day, you will have to light your lamp and dance your way into a celebration that God has planned for you. And here's the point. If you believe that that day is coming, it changes how you live now. If you believe that that is the future God has planned, it changes how we engage our lives now. Am I making sense to you? When Carol and I lived in Florida, we had a friend in our church named Shirley, and Shirley's business was to clean people's homes, and she came to Carol and I one day at church, and she said, you know, I'd like to come by every couple of weeks or so and just help you out by cleaning your house. I said, Shirley, you are a godsend. Carol and I were both working full time. Our kids were little and into everything and we, we barely had one nostril above the water. I said, Shirley, if you would come clean, our, we would rise up and call you blessed. That would be wonderful. So every other Thursday, Shirley would come by to clean the house which meant that every other Wednesday, when, when I would come home from church, Carol would say, Tom, go clean the kitchen. Shirley's coming tomorrow. <laughs> I said, but isn't Shirley coming to clean? She's, she can clean the kitchen. Carol would look at me with level gaze and say, Tom, how do you expect her to clean everything if everything's a mess around here? And I go clean the kitchen. Uh, my test, I still do not really understand why this works the way that it does, but my testimony is by the time Wednesday was over, Carol and I were exhausted from the Christian practice of waiting for Shirley. That's what carrying oil looks like. It's waiting, it's patient, but it's a Christian patience, which means it's a participatory thing. To carry oil, 
is to practice today what we anticipate tomorrow. To carry oil is to live today toward the promise that God has given us for every tomorrow. Even at the midnight hour, we have our oil at the ready. We have our eyes on the horizon. We have our hope fully engaged because we trust that love is coming and will lead us to a celebration like none other. Of course, like all the stories of Jesus, this one's not about a wedding. It's about the kingdom of heaven, as Matthew calls it, or the promised day of God. And if anything is late, it's the promised day of God. Our faith promises that the day will come when justice will roll down like waters because we will finally decide that fairness is no longer something we can live without. We are not there yet, but if you trust that God will be faithful to that promise, then every day you carry a little oil of fairness. Our faith promises that someday swords will be beaten into plowshares because someday it's going to make more sense to us to feed one another than to kill one another. We are not there yet, but if you trust that God will be faithful, then every day you carry a little oil of peacemaking. Our faith promises that someday, someday the poor will have good things because someday we will grow dissatisfied with the blessings of life being claimed by only a few. We are not there yet, but every time social service ministry is engaged, every time a sandwich is shared in Anderson Hall, you are carrying a little oil. Am I making any sense to you? The radical promise of Jesus made to you and to me is that we can choose to let today be defined not by what has gone before, but by what is yet to come. And what is to come is a day that is defined by love. Don't be discouraged by the delay. Just carry the oil that you can carry. Now I know it will require some patience, some persistent patience. My friend, Dr. Bob Manili was the founding pastor of the Village Church, the collection of saints that I served over the last 20 years. Dr. Bob founded that church in 1949, and without detail, maybe some other time I'll give you detail, but without detail today, we'll say during the Civil Rights Movement, he stood tall. He was courageous and strong, and contributed to changes in our community. I was visiting him in 2021 through our mask. We were talking to one another and we were reflecting on the nation's struggles in recent years. Our conversation turned to the systemic racism that defines so much of American culture. He said, it's disappointing that we aren't farther along. We have been struggling with this for so long. This man in his ninth decades said, I so hoped that we would be further along. That better day has been a long time coming, and it, for example, could cause some to run out of patience. 
but don't give up. I think Jesus tells us this story because we never know the next good thing that is coming. We never know the next sign of God's faithfulness that will show up. We never know when that promised love will break through and give us reason to celebrate a bit like we've never celebrated before. But faith in that requires some patience, an active kind of patience. When we trust that the love that makes sense of the world is coming, it means every day you carry a little oil. In my first words to you, I told you that one of the reasons I, with humility, welcome the invitation to spend this brief interim time with you is because I have long admired who you have been as a church. In these short, but really full couple of weeks, that admiration has only grown. But if that were all, I wouldn't have come. And if that were all, you wouldn't want me to. Because this is what you know. God has had a practice of showing up here among you. God has had a practice from time to time of showing up in the ministry to which you commit yourself. I don't know when you have sensed it, but God has had a practice of showing up, and I am confident of this. The days ahead of us matter as much to God as the days behind us. So every day, carry your lamp and cast your eye to the horizon because you never know when God is going to show up next, but she will. So don't lose hope. Don't ever lose hope. Carry the oil that you can carry, for that holy love is coming, and you want to be looking for it. That is the surest way to join the party that God has in mind. Pray with me. Gracious God, we believe. Help our unbelief. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
let us remain standing and affirm what we believe using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he arose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And let us pray together. Even before we call on your name, O God, you are there. Yes, you come to us unbidden because you long to reach us. In the Garden of Eden, O God, when the first couple tried to hide from you, your reaching love came searching for them. And in our days, gracious one, when many things drive us from your presence, you are there, steady, waiting, longing for us for this world to be right as you created it good. On this Veterans Day weekend, O oh gracious God, we are grateful for those who have served this country's armed forces. We know that this is a special calling and realize that such service brings assurance to us that deep and abiding values of honor, duty, serving, and yearning for peace are ready for us. We are grateful for their contribution to the well-being of this land, and we hold before you those whose family members and friends died in serving this country, whether they be siblings, moms, dads, or friends. Comfort those who hold loss on this day, O oh God, and be a harbor of hope, and make us agents, ambassadors of your hope and peace each and every day. We realize that many things get in the way of our gratitude to you, O oh God, and yet we dare to hold expectations that peace and home will prevail. We are grateful that you call us to specific acts of harboring, specifically to be a home for those who are far from their homeland, for our refugee family who sought a homeland far from their land of origin, we are so grateful. We give thanks that you call us, O oh God, to hold the way open for all to be welcome in this church, that they could make a new start in this city, that they could find a place of safety, solace, and hope. As one whose parents sheltered you as a small infant, O Christ, traveling to a land far from their home, you know the power of home. May each of our homes embody your radical hospitality, awakening joy. And O God, please awaken deep peace and hope 
in this warring world, particularly in the Middle East and in Ukraine this day. We pray that your vision of swords into plowshares, spears into pruning hooks, would give way to a little child who leads us to a rich, wondrous, plentiful peace. We pray, yes, with urgency, never giving up on this world, because you never give up on us. We pray this through Jesus, who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. In this season of gratitude, in this time when the stakes are raised for life itself, we ask you to bring your giving to this place with the thankfulness of your heart. Because there are faces that await your giving with a smile and a word of deep thanks, there are hands that await your giving to receive and carry forward the gift of life, and there are hearts that await your giving, some brimming with joy, some broken with pain, fear, sorrow, some gently beating with love. There are lives you touch, days you make, lives you give, because, yes, you give. Give generously in the offering plate, through a check mailed to the church, or through our website. The morning offering will now be received.
Let us join together in the prayer of dedication. Let us pray. Sing a new song through our lives, O God. You have done marvelous things, and our hearts brim with joy. Take our lives and let them be consecrated through these gifts as they carry forth your good news to this world. We are grateful beyond measure to give, to serve, to sing out your love this day. Amen. As you go from this place, remember that you are loved. The love of God calls you by name, and it is a love that will never let you go. 
So let that love encourage you, inspire you, instruct you to do the good that is yours to do, to share the love that is yours to share, and God will use that to lead us to God's promised day. And now may the love of God, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the fellowship of God's Spirit rest and abide with us all, now and forever. Amen.